Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. glad that they're here as well, and you may be seated uh, this morning. I have a few things that I want to share with you uh, this morning, and uh, it's concerning um, your children's ministry, and uh, most of you guys know that, for those who have children, know that we had a, a little different check-in today. For those who are visitors, you walk back uh, past everybody into our um, uh, into uh, the kitchen area to sign your kids in, maybe for the first time. For those who Obviously, has your kids register. You just walked into the building. Right there on your right was a little check-in. You used the last three digits of your phone number, and your kids automatically was checked in, and they printed off a little uh, piece of paper for you, a sticker for you to put on you and your child. And uh, we want to say that you will be receiving this week, sometime this week, you'll be receiving an email. Uh, in the email will be a barcode. That barcode will actually allow you to check your kids in without ever having to push a number. You just scan the barcode, boom, your kids are in. And I know what you're automatically going, the mark of the beast has entered into the building. <laughs> absolutely not. We're just absolutely giving you the opportunity to come in and scan your kids. And your kids automatically will be printed off a sticker just like normal. Uh, it just makes it easier for you, more convenient, and also it helps us to, um, to move the process a little bit faster. And so we're very thankful for technology and for you, um, those who will co- cooperate with us making that happen. Also, um, I was talking to Sister Tracy this morning, I'm Pastor Tracy, and I was like, hey, um, I would like to share with our parents because sometimes our kids will get a piece of paper and before you ever see it, it's in the back of your car, right? Uh, it's in the floorboard, it's been all wadded up. I was supposed to read that. Um, and, uh, um, and you never get to see exactly what's happening in our children's ministry. So I want to let you know we are using a curriculum called Grow Kids. And uh, she will be given each family um, a sheet of paper this morning. It will go home with your child. Hopefully you will get it as a parent. And so that you can keep up with what's happening within the ministry every week. Week one, week two, week three. Um, there's, week, there's five weeks this month. And so each week will tell you exactly what's happening uh, that you can talk with your kids. Listen, I realize that it is the responsibility of the church to help train your kids, but I also realize that the main responsibility lies on your shoulder as parents to raise your kids up um, in the fear and ammunition of the Lord. And so I, I pray that you're doing that. I pray that you will take this opportunity to go over the big ideals and the, um, the memory verse for the month and make that happen. Also, most of you know, I walk back there and uh, speak to our kids every Sunday. This is just gross. Grady Winnington is a gross kid. I'm just letting you know right now. So every Sunday I walk in there. Sorry, Kendall. Man, you got your hands full with Grady. Um, so I walk in there and I say, hey, I need, I need a volunteer. And Grady quickly raised his hand and I said, you know what I need, Grady, right? I need you to find the item within the room so that I could preach on. So Grady, I turned around, count down to 10 about, I got down to seven. I was like, 10, nine, eight, seven. He's pulling on my pants. He's like, I got it. I got your item. Some girl had this in her mouth and said, I got you an item. And Grady's like, yeah, give it to me. Puts it in his hand, brings it to me, slobbering everything. And I was like, that is absolutely gross. It has her hair on it and everything. That's just nasty. And so I thought to myself, what am I going to preach about on this nasty thing that I actually have in my hand? 
That's just gross. I don't know who's grosser. Uh, grosser, I don't know. Who's more gross, Grady or me? I mean, I'm, I'm the one that's having it in my hand. And then I thought, you know what's amazing? That sometimes I wish I was taught when I was a kid that the people that I hang around with can and will shape me if I allow it. I thought, well, maybe that, that, that balloon has germs on it. Now, obviously, it's been in someone's mouth. It's sticky. And then I thought, because I touched it and Grady touched it, we probably have germs on our hands. And how amazing that you and I, if we're not careful about who we associate with and who we pick and choose to be around and allow to be in our lives to influence us, will obviously change how we act too. I talked about a young, a young man. He's not young, um, but his name was Larry. He, I had the opportunity to be good friends with a man in Moore, Oklahoma, as we remodeled the church there. His favorite saying was, just saying. I mean, we would be talking and he would say something. And I was like, oh, Larry, what do you mean? He goes, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, pastor, just saying. And I caught myself saying the same thing, just saying, just saying. I found myself imitating you every now and then. And I was like, man, I am hanging around with Larry way too much because I'm acting just like Larry. And so I challenge you as parents and I challenge you as just people, be careful who you allow to influence you. Be careful who you allow in your life because their habits will rub off on you as well. And so, just a lesson from children's today. All right, so we're going to jump right back in. This is our last, so you guys can be thankful today. This is our last uh, part three of our series, Understanding the Holy Spirit. We're excited. Thank you so much for um, just allowing me to uh, teach on these last three Sundays on this subject. I appreciate you coming in and being vulnerable. I appreciate you coming in with an uh, empty slate, meaning that you allowed all of perhaps the things that you have been taught or the things that you have studied just outside just so that you could be open-minded on the teaching and biblically the word. Uh, and I appreciate that. I really do. Because all of us come into this building with an, somewhat of an understanding of the Holy Spirit. And we all come in this building with an understanding, some, some sort of an understanding of how he works in our life and what he's about. And I, in last three, our last two uh, services, we tried very carefully uh, to uh, communicate with you exactly what that third person looks like of the Trinity. And, uh, and there's so much, listen, I'm telling you, there's so much about God that none of us will ever figure out. And there's so much about um, the Holy Spirit that, man, I am intrigued every day of how he works in my life and how he works in your life and how he works with us corporately and as a nation. And I'm just so thankful for what he does. I'm never going to figure everything out. I was talking to someone this morning. I said, you know what? Until I get to heaven, I'm going to have the, all the answers when I get to heaven. But until then, I'm intrigued. Until then, I'm curious. And until that, I'll pursue everything that he has for me because I'm curious of what all God has for me. Um, I made this statement, and I'll continue to make it. Our ability to live a victorious life in the world that we live in today, in this corrupt, evil world where a man's heart is evil continuous, our ability, listen, to be victorious will depend solely, in my opinion only, all right? This is my opinion. It's not biblical. This is my opinion. I believe it will depend solely upon our understanding and knowledge of the Holy Spirit and what he does in our life, how he does guide us and direct us and comfort us and protect us, how he does teach us and how he does make that sanctification process continue within our life, changing us, bringing forth good within our life. And I absolutely believe the journey that we are on, every one of us that are walking this journey out, those who said, I am working out my salvation with the Lord with fear and trembling, that journey... 
Man, that journey is all about yielding to the Holy Spirit. When we yield to the Holy Spirit, then he'll continue this journey of sanctification within our lives where he's bringing forth good within our lives. Um, I heard someone make this statement, and I made it a couple of times with it behind the pulpit and probably during this series, and, and it's just simply that, hey, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. That's the process. Um, I am not as bad as I once was. I'm not as good as I want to be. And this process of sanctification process that the, that the Holy Spirit is bringing forth good out of me is something that I'm so thankful that every day I yield myself to that process and to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we talked about how the Holy Spirit was the person, uh, the third person of the Trinity that God used to send to this earth to bring forth life and the things that were dead, to bring forth good um, into the lives of people and through people. We talked about how it was to bring order into things that was not in any order, a disordered world. They came to bring order and they also bring, came to bring peace into the midst of, of chaos. We also talked about this. We talked about how God deals with us. Um, and I want you to make sure that you understand this because this is the last, we'll visit this probably once a year, maybe once every year, year. but uh, one of the things that is very important for us is this. That is that God deals with, the, deals with you and I individually through his spirit. All right? And when we deal with God, we deal with God through his son, Jesus. Aren't you thankful that we can approach God through his son? I don't have to go approach God by myself because he would not welcome that. Uh, I, am, I am a wretched sinner, uh, was a wretched sinner, but still there are things that uh, in my life that needs to be purified and things that needs to change. I get that. So I'm thankful that I can approach God through his son, Jesus. In part one, we talked about understanding the Holy Spirit. We talked about... Um, that one, that the Holy Spirit's responsibility was to draw us to Jesus. That's what's his responsibility, convict the world of sin. Um, the second thing that we talked about was he was to bring forth good. That's the process of sanctification. He's start, what he started within you, the good thing that he started within you, he will finish. Um, the third thing that we talked about was that he will empower you and I. And the most of the thing that he wants to empower us to do is to be witnesses. He wants you and I to be great witnesses. He says that we are a city on a hill. We are the light of the world. And that all of our good works is to glorify him and it's to bring people to him and so we're so thankful that he empowers you and I to do that last week we talked about this we talked about fruit happens and I said this a healthy apple tree will produce apples healthy apple tree will produce apples it has no other choice than to produce apples it is what it does a healthy apple tree will produce apples Apples. And I believe today that a healthy, a healthy believer will produce fruit that is of the Spirit. It's just what they'll do. Healthy believers, believers who are abiding in his vine, those people will, they can't help it but produce fruit. It's, they can't help it to be joyous. They can't help it but forgive because the love of God is in them. They can't help it. Because healthy believers will produce fruit. That is what they do. Fruit happens. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these Things I am so thankful today that these fruit are evident in the lives of us as believers. 
I am so thankful that as a church, when I pray that when people talk about home church, when they talk about us as leaders, when they talk about you as, as people who attend, that all of a sudden their mind goes to this, that they, they passionately pursue leading people into a committed relationship with Jesus Christ where they're passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. That's the most gentle church that I know. That's the most kind church that I know. That's the most loving church that I know. That's the most giving church that I know. And they say those things to us, most, most self-controlled person at church that, I, that I, absolutely, I absolutely know. And I pray that that will be evident in our lives. Today, I want to end. I want to end our series um, on the... Un- <clears throat> our series of understanding the Holy Spirit, the teaching of the fruits or the gifts, sorry, the gifts of, of the Spirit. And uh, I don't understand... Our world today. I want, you to, I want you to know that. I don't understand our world today. And you're like scratching your head going, I don't understand our world either. It is not like it was 10 years ago. It was not like this 20 years ago. It's not like this 30 years ago. It definitely wasn't like this when I was a kid. And though the majority, it seems that as though that the majority of the world lives by this motto. And I want you to think about this. And maybe you're like, I don't know if that's true, Pastor, but this is just my thinking. But I feel like the world, the majority of the world lives by this motto. And that is this, that if you don't believe exactly like I do on every issue, then maybe me and you cannot partner with each other and neither can we learn from each other. I feel like a world lives by that motto. I don't understand that, but I feel that that's the way it is. And the truth this morning is this, it seems that that is the same model that our churches are taking. Individually, we are taking that stance. I don't think that we mean it. I say that you look at your Facebook and your social media and see, but that's what the world is looking. Now, if you don't believe exactly like I do on every issue, maybe it's world issues, maybe it is biblical issues, because that's where we're hitting today. Because there are churches and people that are like, if you don't believe exactly like I do, I want nothing to do with you. You can't come to this church because you don't believe that way. How horrible that is. I mean, come on, all of us have a different opinion about things. And if we can't coexist and, and be together, then what is the church really going to look like then? I mean, there's so much more than that. I believe that there is, as we begin to approach this subject of understanding the Holy Spirit, and especially uh, the gifts of the Spirit, there's two views that come into play. And these views are this. It's one is the sensationalism which simply means that the gifts of the Spirit died off with the apostles. There is this view called uh, continuationism, which is the view that the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today, and they continue. Uh, two major views on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and the truth is, you and I today, I told you the world is, is crazy, and it's that model of not being able to live with you or to coexist with you or to rub shoulders with you because you don't believe exactly the way I believe has crept into the world, into our church, because I, not into our church, into the church itself, because I see that. And especially, this is something that has divided churches. It has divided churches. This room, I have so many different denominations and different uh, places that we can all attend. Um, but this is one of them. The truth is that we should not allow our differences to divide us. Would you agree with that? We should not let our, dif- our differences, differences to divide us. We should hold tight, and this is called, I'm talking about biblically, all right? We should hold tight to the very thing that binds us together, and that is the fact that Jesus shed his blood. So we should hold tight to that. I mean, listen, we're all going to have some differences in life um, with it, biblically, with your pastor, with your 
preacher, whatever it may be, um, with other churches and denominations. But the fact is that we have something that binds us all together, and that is the bloodshed of Jesus. And without the bloodshed of Jesus, none of us could have our sins forgiven. And that's what binds us together. That's the basic doctrine we cannot change. We stand on. But other things we can probably disagree with, and, but we can be bound together with that thought. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We are born again. Uh, we have been adopted into the family by his blood and through his spirit. I'm so thankful today that you and I can call ourselves brothers and sisters and we can be a part of that family. And if anyone is born again, they are my brother. They are my sister. It doesn't matter what denomination tag they have. It doesn't matter what they believe. The fact that they believe that because of Jesus' bloodshed, that they can have their sins forgiven I think that they're my brother and they're my sister. And I'm so thankful today. And so with that said, let's jump right into the gifts of the Spirit. And I would love to share this with you because I believe that um, as I started off, I believe that our survival, our ability to be victorious in the world that we live, are living in today um, will solely depend upon our knowledge or understanding of the Holy Spirit. But I want to take it to a next level. And uh, if you're taking notes, write this down because I think this is very important. Um, I believe today that our effectiveness, our ability to affect the world and the community that we live in today. Our, remember Jesus said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, I want you to go to uh, Ju uh, Samaria, or Judah, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. That was our mission, and um, I believe that our ability to be effective in that mission really depends on this, and it solely depends on our willingness to allow the Holy Spirit freedom to operate within our lives and within our church. So understand that. I really believe for us to be effective in, in our mission, we have to, it really solely depends on our willingness as a corporate body to allow this Holy Spirit to operate within our lives. Individually, I've said from day one that I will push you to say, God, I know how I was taught. I know what I've learned. But man, I want all that you have. I want an Isaiah moment. The moment that I walk into the presence of God and he changes everything that I think, everything that I once understood. He just changes me. And that's the kind of opportunity or encounter that I want you to have um, this morning. But I'll take it a step further. Listen, our willingness to allow the Holy Spirit freedom to operate um, within our church walls, within us individually, will affect our effectiveness. And, and please, um, as we go further, God does not possess, and we talked about the Holy Spirit living in our lives, individually in our lives. Obviously, he's omnipresent. He could be in your life and my life at the same time all over the world. Um, the Holy Spirit is living in someone in China. He's living in someone in Africa. He's living in your life and he's living in my life. He's omnipresent. But, but listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't possess you like some kind of a demon possession. You see, a demon possession is something that controls you and he makes all of the choices for you. You have no will. That's a demon possession. But the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and I is like this and um, that manifests, the Holy Spirit manifests within us and through us. The only way he could do that is that me and you are walking with him. We're walking in the Spirit. We're abiding in the Spirit and we're being aware of the Spirit. The only way that Holy Spirit will allow himself to stay within us is that we are abiding in him and that we're aware of him and we're allowing him to do that. He's not gonna do anything that we don't allow him to do. Understand that today. At any time, you and I can say, you know what? We want nothing to do with this, and we can walk away. And at this moment, he's like, hey, listen, I want to change you. I want to walk you through the sanctification process, but you and I, we're not possessed. 
The Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and we have a choice to allow him to work on us or not. And, um, and I really believe today, I really believe that um, when I was a kid, I, I'll never forget 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10. It won't be up there. It says simply this. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, we, we talked about that a lot when I was growing up. And, and then I realized, I wonder what that really meant. And I felt like God gave me a revelation of that. And just simply a a simple revelation for a simple guy. And that is the fact that when I believe that when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and through our lives, I think that grieves him. I think it grieves him. I think that his objection his his desire is to see us change day after day going from glory to glory and when we finally say you know what i'm done i don't want i don't think i need to grow um i don't want to grow i don't want to deal with that issue in my life to grow then i think that we grieve him because his whole desire is to see you become like christ and i pray today that you don't grieve him Pray that you don't let, I pray that you don't stop him dealing with you, convicting you, teaching you, guiding you. I pray that you allow him entrance in all of your life, the departments of your heart that you have shut people out and you don't let people in and you don't talk about those subjects and you don't talk about those moments in your life because they're painful. I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit the key to that area of your heart and the area of your life so that he can deal with you, so he can bring healing in that area. I hope that you don't grieve him by saying, nope, you can't have that part of my life. You can't have that part of my heart. Um, I'll deal with it on my own. How many of you would agree with me that, how many of you got to have fireplaces within your house? I have a fireplace. Um, when the electric went out, I had to go out and get the wood and build a fire within my house. Uh, and I believe that a fire in a house within, <laughs> within the fireplace is a good thing. A fire... Inside the house, outside of the fireplace is not so good of a thing. Would you agree with me? Um, it's not. And, um, and the reason I say that, I make that statement in view of what we are talking about today, the gifts of the Spirit. I believe today, if the gifts of the Spirit are understood and used correctly, it will edify the church. It will edify the church and grow the church. It will be effective. But misunderstood and used incorrectly, it will destroy the church's effectiveness and progress. A fire inside the home in a proper place in the fireplace brings warmth to the house. A fire outside of the fireplace burns the house down. And I believe that there's so much that we can gain today and understand if we allow ourselves to do so. So let's move forward. I want you to turn your Bibles with me or open your, I say open your phones. Uh, Turn on your phones, uh, open your Bible app and let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Did all that foundational built up to get to right here to the gifts of the spirit and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 through 11. We find that Paul has been talking to the Corinthian church and he's been trying to give guidance and direction to them. And... um, And so he begins to share with them. Verse 1 says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols. Idols that didn't speak, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Lord is accursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. 
Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each he's given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For, one, for, to, for to one he's given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to the other the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. Another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between Spirits. To another, various ty- kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11 goes on and says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. I challenge you today. It doesn't have to be today. I challenge you um, in the next week or two that you will take time to open your Bibles to First Corinthians And I pray that you would read chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. And when you read those, I want you to read it in the thought that you're reading just one chapter, not three different chapters, just one chapter, because I think they coexist. I think they, they, um, they flow well as just one chapter. Now you're like, well, you're changing the Bible. No, I'm just saying, read those three chapters. I think there's so much in there that we must read because they flow so good together. Um, And before we look at perhaps the nine gifts of the Spirit and what they mean, let me first share with you what God dropped into my spirit. And as I was preparing this and and getting everything ready, I I believe that God dropped something within my spirit to share with you. And as I I read, as I read those chapters that I challenge you to do so, as as I took time to to stop and look at verses 12, 13, and 14, um, there I noticed a couple elements. I noticed a couple things that God just dropped within my spirit that must be present uh, within a church, within a body of believers, in a corporate body like this, for perhaps the gifts of the spirit to manifest or to function. Um, And they are these two things. So if you're writing, taking notes, they are unity and they are love. Those nine gifts that we talked about uh, that is to edify the church, that is to build the church, that is to continue to help you and I in the sanctification process as the Spirit works in us and through us, um, there is unity in love. Two elements that I believe that is needed for the Spirit to manifest and to function within the church. And so I'm going to look at unity. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, it says this. It says, "For, for just as the body is one... And has many members. And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. I love the statement that is being perhaps illustrated before you and I today by Paul. He was trying to communicate unity to the believers there at Corinthians. Um, For you and I today, it is still the element that is needed for, I believe, his spirit to have freedom within our body as a corporate body in our meetings. Unity. I love it. I was talking to an individual and they were talking about the church and and in churches in general, general, she hadn't been to church in, in in quite some time she stopped going and, and as we were talking she said there was so much that I saw within the church that I just scratched my head and didn't understand he said the church had existed for many many years 
And it seemed like the body, the people who had been there for many, many years just was no longer in unity. And that happens. And I think that when the body, and I know that the body is much bigger than one church, the body of Christ is many churches. It's every believer who has accepted Jesus as their personal savior. That's the body. And we have to be unified. But for us as a church, the church must be unified. I realized growing up that I didn't always get my way. Um, and sometimes my wife will tell you when I was a kid, I was a little brat. And if I didn't get my way and you didn't play my game my way, I just quit and did something else. Um, that was me. And uh, I realized that wasn't beneficial to me, and that's not beneficial to the church either, is it? We have to be unified in the body, um, knowing that, hey, my position and what I'm doing and where I'm serving is what's needed in the body. And you and I today, there's so many things that we are due to push the agenda, the, the mission of Christ, and being a part of that is being a part of the body. I'm going to say unified, uh, just because I'm not the hand, I'm not going to say I'm not uh, valuable um, because I'm not the eye or the mouth or the ear. We're all part of the body and we are to move the agenda, the mission. And unity is one of the elements. The other one is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 says this. If I speak in tongues, in the tongues of men or perhaps in, in of, of angels, but have not love... I'm, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and, and understand all the mystery and all the knowledge, and if, I, and, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have no love, have not loved, I gain Nothing. Chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, all, in my opinion, work so beautifully together to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I really believe that there's two elements, unity and love, that is very powerful, that needs to exist for the church to operate within those nine, nine gifts. I love it. Love. Did you see, we read a few minutes ago the nine gifts, and in this few verses, three verses, we find Paul he hammers on all three, all, most of those gifts. He said, you can have that gift, and you can have that gift, and you can have that gift, but if you don't love, you're nothing but noise. You're not making any progress. You're not helping the mission, is what he's saying. Maybe you've been around those people, God forbid that you have, but we've all perhaps may have even been that person. Where we had great knowledge of God's word. We had the ability to do great things, but we just could not make ourselves love. And we were nothing but noise. God help you and I today. You say, well, pastor, I don't understand. If when people come through our doors, don't feel unity or love, what happens in the service will not affect them. <laughs> And I love it. We're only 11 months old. And there is so much unity and so much love. And I'm so thankful for that. What happens when we're five years old? What happens when I come to you and say, listen, God has given me this vision to build right over there. We've just bought this property and we're going to build and we're going to need your help. We're going to need your finances and we're going to need you. And then all of a sudden, where does the unity and the love go? What happens 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road? 
I think the fight is to be able to make sure we keep the unity and the love so God's spirit can operate freely, freely among our people. So I want to quickly today, as a look at time, I want to look at these nine gifts. And there's so much that could be said today um, about these nine gifts, but I'm going to quickly give you just an oversight. And maybe, just maybe today, the reason we see less of the gifts of the Spirit um, within our services, maybe within our lives, is because we struggle to maintain those two elements of love and unity. So let's look at it. I believe, um, as I did a lot of study on this, and, and the Holy Spirit has been a, a subject for me that I have always loved to study out. Ever since I was 16 years old, I remember sitting down and, and talking and arguing and debating with people that were much older than me on this subject because I just loved it. There was so much to understand that I couldn't grasp, and I just wanted to know more. And so I'm going to sh- share with you there's three, these nine gifts are divided up into three primary categories. Um, the first three are divided up into what they call the gifts of revelation, revelation, sorry, God revealing himself to us. Um, the other ones are gifts of power, and the other three is gifts of inspiration. So let's work on that today. We're going to look at the very first one, the gifts of revelation. Um, there is a revelation from heaven of certain facts that man could not know by the way of his physical senses. So understand this. When we talk about these gifts of revelation, these are facts and certain facts that we could not know unless God gave them to us. Um, It is a divine revelation. And maybe you have been speaking to somebody. uh, Maybe it's been recently. Maybe it was years down the road. Maybe when you were a kid, someone comes spoke in your life. You're like, whoa, how did he know that? Well, it may have been that person was actually working in that gift Um, of revelation and here's one of them the first one is word of wisdom Uh, as we looked at those nine gifts of the spirit word of wisdom was one of them is a gift of wisdom and when we when God uses or when God gives a word of his wisdom he is revealing something that has not yet come to pass the gift is experienced perhaps in dreams and or visions or moments in God's presence like Isaiah And Noah was told by God of a great flood that was about to happen. This word's a word of wisdom. We find that Noah saw things to come. And this was a word of wisdom, a gift of wisdom. I realize that it is hard for some of us to believe that God's children could know the future. Um, But those same, perhaps, people in here that question that supernatural ability are the same people that maybe read the horoscope every morning. Maybe the same people that has... Once in their life, looked up the psychic or look up palm readers or whatever, played those apps on our phones nowadays. But I'm going to tell you, there is something supernatural about our God that, man, if we could just tap into that, there is something that will change our life. Word of wisdom. And how many of you guys know that the devil have a counterfeit for everything that God has? I mean, there we got this word of wisdom, this gift wisdom and and the devil is trying to give us horoscopes and palm readers and and psychics and all these things to perhaps give us the future and all we really have to do is tap into what God has for our lives and say God I want you and everything that you have allow your Holy Spirit to speak to me and allow speak to me a uh, word of knowledge is a gift. The gift of word of knowledge deals with what exists, the facts. So we have word of wisdom that, that uh, uh, deals with things that we do not know. Word of Knowledge deals with facts that already exist, whether it's in the past or perhaps in the, pu- in, in, the, in the present. This is something that is not already known. It's not something that has been seen. It's nor been heard by the person that is operating in the gift. 
Um, God would never reveal something if it doesn't have a, a purpose. And so when someone's spoken to your life and you're like, I know that he didn't know that. <laughs> I know I haven't told anybody that. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I've experienced that. I've experienced someone coming, speaking to my life, a, a, a tremendous man of God that spoke into my life, and he didn't have a clue. He didn't have a clue. I, was, um, I had applied for the youth pastor position in, at the Tecumseh Pentecostal Church of God, and I'll never forget it. We were in this prayer room, and um, <laughs> we were praying. Our, all of our kids, our youth, would pray before our service, and we were praying. And the guy that was actually trying out for the youth pastor job came into the prayer room that evening, and I'll never forget it. He was in there. We were praying and, and service. When service had ended, he came up and he, he um, prayed for me. And he laid his hands on me. And he said this to me. He'll never forget. He said, God has heard your prayers. And your prayers have been answered. He said, and I want you to know that what you have applied for, you will receive. He had no clue that I had applied for the position that he had applied for. He had no clue that what my heart desire and what I felt God's desire was to be the youth pastor of that church. But he spoke that into my life. And I loved it because he gave me a knowledge that he did not understand or did he not know. It was almost like the woman at the well. Remember when Jesus visited this woman at the well? Remember the encounter? It was, um, he, he was at the will and it was it's perhaps one of the better examples. Jesus said to the woman, go get your husband. Um, and she said to him, said to Jesus, I don't have a husband and Jesus said, oh, I know. I know you don't have a husband because you've had five and the one that you're with is not your husband. And she was like, oh, hey, wait, how did you know that? And God was, Jesus was working in the word of knowledge. Some of you perhaps have heard the phrase, he just read my mail. He spoke into my life that he didn't have a clue. He read my mail. The other gift in that category would be discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is the divine ability to see the presence and the activity of a spirit that motivates a human being, whether it's good or whether it's, it's bad. Um, the gift gives one the ability to comprehend and understand the human spirit, the kind of spirit that a person um, possesses. All of us have a spirit of our own. And, um, and so I don't know if you've ever been that guy that said, you know what, I have a, um, I'm pretty good at discerning people. And some of us, you have that gift. And thank God for that, Right? I'm thankful that God has helped me to discern the spirit of a, another gentleman and realize that his motive was not the same motive that I had and he was out to get me and I didn't realize it until God discerned that to me. And the discerning of spirits is something that I think, I pray that all of us would have. Um, God, give us that gift. Remember I told you, I don't, show, I don't know if I should touch that balloon or not again, but I've already had, right? It doesn't matter. You already got the germs. Who that kid was that had it in his mouth. But the fact is, God helped me to discern between the people that need to be in my life and the people that don't need to be in my life. God helped me to discern and give me that gift that I know who needs to speak into my life and who doesn't need to speak into my life. God helped me with that. Here's the, the next uh, category is the gifts of power and um, there is a, a power that is beyond your physical ability. And that is when um, is obviously that it was God. I don't know if you've ever seen something happen within your life. You're like, wow, that was God. That was not anything that I could have done. Um, the, the Bible says it like this. He says, not by might, no, by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 
of hosts. And it's in that moment we realize, hey, listen, there is power uh, within the Holy Spirit to do things in our life that we could not do with our own physical power. Um, and understanding that, getting a, gra- a, a grasp of that, I believe that will edify the church and it will build the church and it will make the church so effective. The gift of, of faith. Uh, the gift of faith is supernaturally achieves what is impossible through human instruments. We observe the gift of faith in operation when God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, performs supernatural exploits uh, that cannot be explained or perhaps done ordinarily. This is the gift that operates in areas of divine protection, divine provision, but whatever area it may be is independent of your ability. Think about that. This gift is independent from your ability. It's not what you can do. How many of you guys believe that God wants you to do what you can do? But that's where God takes over is when you're at the end of what you could do. And that's when we say, God, we need the gifts of the power, the the gift of faith that moves me past beyond my faith into this deeper supernatural faith that says, you know what, it is by your power and your strength that we're going to overcome this. And some of you are facing some of the greatest trials of your life. And you are trying to figure out how you can make it happen. How you can fix it. And maybe it's time that you step back and say, you know what, God, I need you to give me the gift of faith. Let your spirit, let it manifest within me this gift of faith that I could trust you with whatever the result is, God, that you will move within this situation. You remember Daniel in the lion's den? That was the gift of faith. Daniel did not shut the mouth of the lions. The Bible says that God shut the mouth of the lions. Not Daniel. I mean, Daniel probably thought, oh, I I might need to do something. (laughs) I might need to get some rest so I can outrun those lions when they wake up. Or maybe I need to do it now. Uh, But it wasn't what Daniel could do. It's what God could do. Here's the fact. Maybe you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were throwing the fire furnace. Oh, my goodness. It wasn't what they could do to get out of it. It was that fourth man that was in the fire. And some of you, you feel like you're in that fire. And you feel like it's just you and your wife, you and your family, just you. And the fact is, there is a fourth man in that fire if you allow him to be there. Remember, this whole walk is about allowing ourselves to submit and yield to the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, He'll walk through with us to that fire and he'll give us the power to make it and the gift of faith when it is needed. The gifts of healing. Now let's move. Notice that it says gifts and not gift. Remember last week we talked about the gift of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit. Um, now we're talking about the gifts of healing. And, and, it's, and that's interesting. And um, maybe for some study time, it, it may perhaps suggest uh, that there are possibility um, as, as maybe many as many gifts as there are categories of disease in the world, um, there were stripes that are. It is said that there is as many categories of disease as there were stripes that were taken on Jesus's back. Is the point I'm trying to get at, and, and maybe that's a good study for all of us to, to look at. Um, but Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says, "With his stripes we were healed." <laughs> uh, could it be that one could have the gift of healing? in our lives today that operates within our church that you could pray for somebody and they supernaturally get healed. I know that sounds far-fetched. And you're like, whoa, that's freaky. But I believe it's possible. I believe that you can pray the prayer of faith. I told you a couple of weeks ago and Pastor Tony was here and, 
and we were talking about the Holy Spirit. I think it was our first service into this part one. And, and I said, I don't think that Pastor um, Tony cared if I spoke in tongues and prayed for him uh, while he was in the hospital. All he cared about was someone praying the prayer of faith that healed his body. And I think that today, if we could just grasp and understand, man, there is so much more about the Holy Spirit than we perhaps can understand and even realize today. Working of miracles. What we considered a miracle is just perhaps an act of God. We're like, oh, that's a miracle. No, it's it's an act of God. I mean, God just does it, and he doesn't perhaps see that as a miracle. He's just like, I did that. That's me. And we see it as a miracle, but it's an act of God. It is the voice of God that causes something to come to pass. We see that in in Genesis, and we see it throughout God's word. God speaks something, and it happens, and, and that's the working of miracles. The gift of the working of miracles means a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. It is God working in and through us that could not be done naturally. Elijah smote the water and with his mantle and it divided the waters. David killed the lion and bear with his own hands and he couldn't have done it without God. You and I today, listen, I'm telling you, there's something about the Holy Spirit manifesting within you gives a power that's above the, even trying to explain it. It's like, man, God just acted in my life. It's a miracle that this came about. The last category uh, today is the gifts of inspiration. We find uh, today um, nine, seven of these nine gifts were in operation in the Old Testament. So when you look at the Old Testament and you read it, you actually see seven of these nine gifts in operation in the Old Testament. It happened. The Holy Spirit was with them. He wasn't in them. But he was with them, and he manifested himself throughout the Old Testament in seven of these nine. Um, Obviously, there was prophecy in the Old Testament. Um, The gift of prophecy is definitely the one that we're going to talk about in this moment. And the gift of prophecy has nothing to do with foretelling the future. And some of us, we think of that. We're like, oh, prophecy is foretelling the future. It is to edify Prophecy is to edify, is to build, it is to strengthen, it's to exhort, it is to urge, it's to cheer on, it is to advise, it's to call encouragement, comfort. And Greek can also mean the consolation, which, which would include the healing of distress or sorrow or persecution or in suffering. We live in a, in a world with broken lives, broken homes, broken ambitions, and prophecy could heal those things. Um, I can see where the gift of prophecy is beneficial within the church. Someone speaking into your life to encourage you, to uplift you. I was at um, the church, in, at the Heal Church, and, and uh, my associate pastor really worked in the gifts of the, uh, of the prophecy. Now, I will tell you, I am a skeptic, <laughs> and I'm your preacher. When someone says something, I'm like, I'm going to make sure that's true, because I believe that's our job. And Pastor John, who was my associate pastor, I'll never forget, this lady had walked in. Um, she sat on the, the right side of this, uh, I'm looking, the right side of the sanctuary. After the music, he played the drums. After the music, he comes to me and says, Pastor Jerry, I have my mic off. He said, Can I, I need to say something. And I'm like, I don't know if you've ever got that nervous, like, oh no, what is going to be said? And he begins to speak into this lady's life and she just starts bawling. I mean, when I say bawling, I'm like literally bawling. And then all of a sudden, she gets up and she says these words that I'll never forget. 
I have been looking for a church. I've gone to churches after churches after churches. And he said, and I came to this church this morning. And I said, God, if this is a church you want me to be at, you got to speak to me. And she sat down there, a widow. Her husband had passed away. And the word that was spoken to her was encouraging, uplifting, and exactly what she needed and exactly the conversation that she had with God before going there. I know some of us would think, man, that is just weird. But man, I'm telling you, it changed her life. It really did. Just an encouraging word. And he had no clue, didn't know her from Adam and Eve. She just walked. I didn't know her. Her name is Cynthia. I know her now. Didn't know her then. And it's amazing of what God did. The last two, Pastor Kelly, will you guys come? Just so you can get prepared. You always tell me it takes 10 minutes after I say come, so. Last two are the two things, two gifts that were not in operation. So please understand me. These are the two gifts that were not in operation in the Old Testament. But we see them in the New Testament. We see them after the day of Pentecost. We see that after Jesus had ascended to um, his heavenly father um, and the comforter or the promise has now been, has been given to us, been outpoured, poured out upon us. These are the two gifts that we see. And this is not, um, the, gifts of the uh, gift of tongues is not your personal, listen, uh, personal prayer language, language, I believe it can be used by one who has experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but this gift is used for public ministry um, inside the church. This remarkable gift is directed through man's spirit and manifests as a spiritual language, a divine and spiritual communication that is different from any native tongue that you've heard. And again, this gift is simply to edify the church. It is God speaking to his children. The gift of interpretation of tongues is one thing to keep in mind is that this gift interprets the gift of tongues. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't go forth in a service to translate it. So when, I don't know if you've ever been in a, perhaps a charismatic or Pentecostal service where someone may stood up and you heard them speak a language that you didn't understand and all of a sudden, few seconds later or maybe a few minutes later someone stands up and gives a interpretation where someone actually doesn't translate you have to understand it doesn't translate but interprets what was said because translations mean that I take every word and translate it that's not the way it works God interprets it and it's to edify the church and I know um, listen I know for some of you in this room that's new Um, I know for some of you that's, that's leery I get it But when we read God's word, we find that these gifts are still in operation. They are. I believe that, again, the two elements that we talked about, unity and love, is perhaps the reason why we don't see them as often as we should. Because there's not unity within the brethren. And there's not love. And I pray today, listen, I have tried so hard to communicate to you a three-part series on understanding the Holy Spirit to to stretch you, to deepen your understanding, to broaden your understanding, and maybe to give you hope. There is a God that loves you. And this God's not a wimp. He's powerful. And He loves you and He looks out for you. And He has 
the ability to empower you to do great things as well. Would you stand? Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find a service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumseh.com for more information. Thank you again. And until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.